Welcome, welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barra. Joining me today is Brian. Hello. And Brian's going to tell us about a dynasty. Yes. Which dynasty? The Kim Dynasty, and not the Kim Kardashian Dynasty. Ooh, the Kim Dynasty. The Kim, as in the leaders of North Korea. So we're just keeping North Korea topical. Yeah, we are. <laughs> hey, I mean, they got a lot of stuff you can talk about. They definitely do. So um, before we begin, we got to clarify a few things first. Uh, Kim is their last name, like all of their last name. Um, the way they do it in Korea, I guess, you say the last name and then the other two names. It's like your first name. Yeah, kind of. So I think and, the same things in Japan. Yeah, I think so too. And also, a lot of this information is either unconfirmed or exaggerated by North Korea. So... Uh, yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind. So um, we'll begin with Kim Il-sung. Most information about him that people know of comes from his autobiography. So uh, once again, might not all be true. Uh, Kim Il-sung was born April 15th in 1912 outside of Pyongyang, originally named Kim Song-ju. Um, he was raised a Presbyterian because his grandmother was a Protestant minister. Uh, his family was always, like, very close to being impoverished, like, right above the line. Okay. Um, like most Korean families, they hated the Japanese occupation of the peninsula. Um, remember, at this point, it's still united. It hasn't split or anything. Uh, the official North Korean government says the Kim family participated in many anti-Japanese activities, but it's unclear if it was, like, Korean nationalist work or just missionary work. Yes. I guess the Japanese didn't like missionaries. Um, in 1920, they had to flee to Manchuria to escape the Japanese. Manchuria is the region of China that, like, borders Korea, you know? Don't the Japanese take Manchuria, too? Eventually, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so, Tim <clears throat> went to a military academy and a normal school, but quit them both because he rejected their feudal ideologies and embraced communist ones. Uh, that's going to be important later. Um, his education formally ended when he was arrested in 1929 for being in an underground Marxist organization. Yeah, get you every time. Yeah. In 1931, he joined the Chinese Communist Party and was involved in many anti-Japanese guerrilla groups and in 1937, he was appointed commander of the 6th Division of the Northeast Anti-Japanese United Army. It was also around this time he changed his name to Kim Il-sung, which means Kim become the sun. Lofty, like, lofty career goals. Yeah. That's what like, I call uh, that. Kind of like Louis XIV. <laughs> um, in Japan, he became known as one of the most in effective and influential guerrilla commanders in the entire Korean Peninsula. In August of 1942, Kim and his division were assigned to the 88th Separate Rifle Brigade, which was under control of the Red Army. Basically, the Red Army was the Soviet Army, and yeah. He served there until the end of World War II. And okay. Speaking of World War II, 
the Soviets declared war on Japan like maybe two weeks before the war ended. I thought it was like two days. Two days? Oh, wow. I thought it was a lot later in the ballgame. Yeah, it was, it was pretty late. Um, so they got something out of it, <clears throat> which was probably planned. And they got the northern part of Korea. Just listen to our Korean War episode, part one. Yeah. And get a more detailed history of the events. And then listen to the other four. <laughs> <laughs> so then you can know what happens next. Um, he was installed by the Soviets as the first secretary of the Korean Communist Party and the leader of the Provisional People's Committee for North Korea. He wasn't actually the preferred choice at first. It was some other guy. But um, the guy that they wanted didn't support some stuff with the UN they were doing or something. So Kim got put in charge. On September 9th, 1948, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea was formed, and the Soviets recognized it as the sovereign government of the entire peninsula. Now remember, when you hear Democratic People's Republic, it's usually not that. It's neither Democratic or Republic, typically. Or for the people. Or for the people. Yeah. It's for some people, but not most of them. For a family and a couple yeah. others, yeah. Um, then the whole Korean War happened. Listen to our episodes on those. One through five. One through five. Uh, after the war, Kim made allies with many other communist leaders, <clears throat> such as uh, Mao Zedong and Ho Chi Minh. Uh, he really wasn't that friendly with Khrushchev, since he didn't support the whole de-Stalinization program. Because uh, so Kim didn't support de-Stalinization. No, Kim didn't support so de-Stalinization. so de-Stalinization. Stalin dies. Khrushchev takes over, and he's like, "Man, Stalin was a pretty bad person." Yeah, and he's like, "Let's get rid of this whole notion of Stalin even existing." Yeah. So they like tore down the statues and all that stuff. They renamed Stalingrad at one point. Did they? Yeah. Well, man, did kill fifty million people. So. Yeah. I think I think that's fine. Yeah, probably a good move. Uh, he also created some sort of a caste system that's still in place in North Korea between the core, wavering, and hostile class. Wasn't he anti-like feudalism? Yeah, he was. <laughs> okay. Uh, the core class—they're like full-on supporters of him. So they're uh, like members of the Communist Party. Yeah, the wavering class. Those are like your. Uh, you're like typical people. You don't know if they're for or against you. So far, you know they're for, but you never know. And then the hostile class. Those are people that are opposed to him, and usually they end up in work camps. So, What yeah. percentage of the population is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't have it right here. Pretty high, I'm assuming. Probably pretty, pretty high. high. Okay. Um, in 1952, he married <coughs> Song A, and they had three children, but Kim Jong-il wasn't one of them. He was with, um, with Kim Il-sung's first wife, Kim Jong-suk, who, uh, died somehow. I don't know. Uh, while he was ruling, he developed, um, a sort of personality cult centered around himself that basically turned him and his family into gods. He ended up having over 500 statues of himself all over North Korea and has many more monuments and memorials and probably shrines. Uh, yeah, his image 
the one, the like super famous portrait of him that everybody probably knows. If you don't go look up super famous portrait of Kim Il Sung, um, it's heavily shown in public transportation places and especially near border crossings to China. Um, there's one part of China where South Korean tourists like to go, where there's this like huge portrait of Kim Il Sung, and um, they like to get their picture um, in China. And it's like across North Korea, and it's got the huge portrait of Kim Il Sung. And I don't know. I guess they like doing that for some reason. Didn't they believe he like? Then he like part of his personality cult like creates the story of how he like rides down from a mountain on like a horse, and that's like the creation of Korea or something. A white horse in particular. Yeah, I think so. And then. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, after his death from a sudden heart attack in 1994, there was a 10-day mourning period. Um, it, um, a ton of people, like hundreds of thousands of people, were flown into Pyongyang to see it, and he was declared the eternal leader. Uh, his birthday is celebrated every <coughs> year. Um, yeah, and that's Kim Il-sung. He's uh if if the 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 videos that came out of um his funeral are wild. It's like you've got people like it's like utterly destroyed. Like distraught, yeah, like woo, like and I once watched something on Korea and it said it's hard to tell if the Koreans are really that the North Koreans are really that brainwashed or are they just, or are they just um, playing the game because yeah. they know what will happen to them if they don't play the game. That's the scary part. Like you can't tell at this point. It's, it's kind of creepy, honestly. And a little, little bit is, a little bit is. Have any other fun facts about Kim Jong-il? Uh, you mean Kim Il-sung? Kim Il-sung. Kim Jong-il's next. Oh, Kim Jong-il's um, next. I've got a lot about Kim Jong-il, but they didn't really do a lot with Kim Il-sung since, you know, um, it was, the personality cult was like just being started. And throughout most of his rule, it was just getting Kim Jong-il ready. So they did, they deified him a lot more than <clears throat> Kim Il-sung. How many like uh, kids did he end up having, you know? Like five, maybe between his two wives. He might have had more than two wives, but I don't think Kim Jong-il was the oldest. Like, Kim Kim Jong-un wasn't the oldest when he became the leader of North Korea. It was just whatever he, whoever he liked best, basically, became the next leader. Do you know in 1982, on his 70th birthday, they built the Juche Tower? Um it was 25,550 stone blocks, one for each day of Kim's life. Wow. How, how tall is it? 170 meters tall. So that's like at least 500 feet. Mm -hmm. It is legal to, it is a legal requirement to have a portrait of him. And you are issued a special cloth to dust and clean said portrait every day. Every every day? Uh-huh. Wow. 
We, like, do they say the cloth comes from like this magical place that Daniel Sung blessed? Maybe he touched it or did something. I don't know. Maybe. In the 80s, he had a massive tumor on his neck, so you only could take pictures of him from his right side. These are fun. I've got a lot more on Kim Jong-il, so. Oh, and then he abandoned the normal calendar. Yeah. A, a lot of people end up doing that when they become yeah. like an absolute ruler. Year one, 1912, the year of Kim. It's like... 100 it's a hundred something right mm -hmm. now 111 i think yeah but his but his son's gonna be the real yeah so um kim jong-il was born february 16th 1941 during world war ii and before the korean war um his official biography states that he was born in a secret military camp on peg mountain which is like the super sacred mountain in in Korea. I think that's the one that his dad came down on yeah, a horse. Probably. Yeah. But there's a lot of evidence that he was born in Nikolsk. Uh, it's a Russian village in Siberia near Manchuria. Um, not a lot is uh, not a lot is known about his childhood until he becomes 26, except that he might have intentionally drowned his brother well when he was five. Yeah, it's a that's little, all you really know. It's a little uh, Romulus and Remus action going there. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not really known until he's 26 when he's given official duties in the government in, and his name was mentioned in public documents for the first time. Um, now, something you need to know about Kim Jong-il is that he loved movies. He had a collection of over 20,000 videotapes and DVDs so in 1967, when his father called for loyalty in the filmmaking industry, he began his career in North Korean filmmaking. This furthered the personality cult for his father and eventually him. By 1980, he had solidified his position as the successor of his father and took the title of dear leader. He became the second most powerful figure in North Korea when after that. In 1991, he was named Supreme Commander of the Korean People's Army, despite his lack of military service. And on his 50th birthday in 1992, it was met with huge celebrations. Apparently he was afraid of flying. Yes, he was. Um, so was, I'm pretty sure so was Kim Il-sung, because he was scared of a plane crash. So they always travel in like armored trains and stuff. So while he was building his power under his father, he had been married twice and had three mistresses with whom he had three known sons and two known daughters. And one of those sons is Kim Jong-un, who we'll be talking about next week. So on July 8th, 1994, Kim Il-sung died, leaving Kim Jong-il to become the new supreme leader at like 52 years old. So that's pretty late. Um, one of the first things he did was write the president's post out of the North Korean constitution and gave it to Kim Il-sung as the eternal president, probably to further build up the power of his personality cult, because that's basically all that's keeping them in rule mm -hmm. right now. Kim as a leader was, quote, 
always almost comically incompetent in matters of economic management. Uh, the economy in the 90s struggled hard due to his mismanagement until 1996, when he adopted a military first policy. He then allowed small scale, scale bartering in trade, which made it a lot more like a free market. So basically, added, what he's learning is that if you add capitalism, it works in a communist society. Shocking. So Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. If, if you don't know about North Korea economically, they have rolling blackouts and they always have famine. Yes. That's like well, two of the staples. All the power, all the electricity is like in diverted Pyongyang to yeah, like like an eight block area of Pyongyang, yeah. and everyone else is just. Bleh. Um, in terms of foreign relations, uh, Kim was honestly pretty good. He started making deals and improving relations with other countries to get better technology, and promised to stop making nuclear weapons in a deal with the U.S. in 1994. Uh, if you don't know about, if you don't know by now, uh, that didn't really happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they developed nukes. Yeah. I saw somewhere though is that there was a tremendous accident, and they accidentally killed all their nuclear scientists when they were testing one. Oh, I mean that's bad. Either that or the nuclear scientists uh, started like falling out of helicopters. Yeah. Yeah, it happens all the time. It's um, a common accidental death falling out of helicopters. Yes, very, yeah. very common. Mm -hmm. um, especially for a nuclear technician. Yes, you know? yes. It's kind of like in Russia, how all these people are falling out of the hospital windows. I'm just saying, it's weird. Very weird. Accident prone. Um, on December 17th, 2011, while traveling on his heavily armored train, Kim Jong-il died from a fatal heart attack, just like his father. Uh, according to the Korean Central News Agency, which is the North Korean state-run news, a fierce snowstorm paused and the sky, quote, glowed red above the sacred Mount Peiktu, and a famous lake cracked <clears throat> so loud that it, quote, shook the heavens and the earth. So, probably didn't happen, but they got to make it I'm thinking. Sound. I'm thinking you wouldn't hear a crack in a lake. Probably not. Or would dilute that sound, just, just saying. Yeah. Uh, there was a 12-day mourning period, and he was named the eternal leader. Now, if you don't know about the mourning periods in North Korea, they're crazy. Like, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. you Except cry. You have to cry. Mm -hmm. Like, you legally have to. If you don't, you will probably get sent to a labor camp or kill. So to finish this episode off, let's talk about some of the stuff that the government made up about him. Uh, he is said to have composed six operas, which were better than every piece of music ever created. Of course they are. His birth created a new star. He invented the hamburger. Yes, he did. Uh, he has altered the weather many times. He learned to walk at three weeks old and talk at eight weeks. He wrote 1,500 books in three years. He shot 38 under par on North Korea's only golf course the first time um, picking up a club. His 28 bodyguards can confirm that happened. And then he retired from the sport. He never played again. He's like, I'm too good. I just got to give this up. 
And finally, he did not defecate because he, quote, didn't need to. Maybe that's why he had his round figure. Probably. And why he, you know, died of a heart attack. Did you also know he wanted to breed giant rabbits? <laughs> it was reported in 2007 that he hoped to solve the famine in his country by breeding giant rabbits. Why rabbits? Because um, an East German farmer who bred rabbits the size of dogs was apparently asked by North Korea to help set up a big bunny farm to alleviate food shortages. So the guy, so he got 12 giant rabbits, but was shocked to hear that they were eaten <laughs> instantly as part of Kim's birthday banquet. Oh, but never got the rabbit farm off the ground. There's so many other <clears throat> animals that you could have. Well, brought. they breed fast. Yeah, I mean, I you know what his favorite meal was? Oh, I feel like I remember this. Roasted donkey. Yeah, that was it. And he ate them with 100% silver chopsticks. And did you know he was a fashionista as well? Yes, I did. I forgot to mention that um, they regarded him as a world fashion icon. Yes. So he was five foot three. If I had to guess, he probably weighed around 300 pounds. About he was a little ball, um, and he had like a bouffant, like slick back hairstyle, and wore platform shoes and this little stupid suit. Um, but they said that he was um, a global fashion phenomenon. That his fashion status also transferred to his son. I, I, okay. <laughs> And he loved Disney World. Yes, he did. He, he was had, a big fan of Walt Disney. He had a huge amusement park built um, at Wonsan, which is where um, Kim Il-sung landed during the Korean War. And um, it's still there today. Kim Jong-un uses it all the time. Dennis Rodman went there. Yeah. You know what his favorite movies were? Um, I think it was <laughs> this Westerns, right? This is funny. Friday the 13th. Rambo, Godzilla, and anything starring Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> oh, oh. And he built a city purely for propaganda. That still exists. You can look at it from the um, South Korean side. And it, like South Korean tourists will flock to go look at this imaginary city where no one lives. It's called Kim Jong-dong. It's like the um, goat cities in China. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a hoot. <laughs> Join us next week when we talk about Kim Jong-un. Oh, the crazier one. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.